Coming to you from the beautiful Ojai Valley in the great golden state of California, this is Working It with Reed Fish. Today on Working It, we're going to talk about being a shopkeeper. To me, this seems like one of the classic jobs. You know, you own a shop and you work there. It's simple, it's clean. What's not to like? But then I think about it more and well, I don't know, maybe it's boring sitting there all day. Uh, and then you're dealing with the public. That's a nightmare. And then on top of that, you could go out of business. Stores go out of business all the time. So what kind of mental fortitude does it take to be a shopkeeper? Let's talk to Rachel Graves and maybe we'll find out. Rachel's been the co-owner of Summer Camp for five years. This finely curated shop is a favorite of tastemakers and has been written up extensively in glossy magazines and major metropolitan newspapers. For the uninitiated, I would describe Summer Camp as basically a hipster gift shop with a camping theme and a custom framing store in the back. It's wonderful. So Rachel, I actually feel a certain kinship with you uh, because back in the day, my first job out of college was working in this high-end photography gallery and I would always be framing stuff. Mind you, it wasn't like custom framing. We just had a bunch of like beat up frames in the back room that I would slip different photos into. But still, I did enough framing every week. Every, we, I did enough framing that every time I walk into your shop, I break out into hives. <laughs> <laughs> so does this happen to you? Does framing like stress you out? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, generally, it's, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah. Do you actually do the framing? Uh, the designing. And then we have a group of people that help with actual physical labor. Of the physical labor. Putting yeah. it all together. I just feel like there's so much dust. I could never, I was always oh, terrible yeah. about like keeping I the dust out. I don't do that part. Yeah. That's what stresses me super out. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, math also. Oh. Yeah. I don't it's like not that. Me neither. Uh, I never thought that uh, I would end up in a profession that involved so much math. Yeah. Uh, fractions. Yeah. Uh, not my... Forte. So, uh, so is that we, you're advocating that we don't come to you for framing because you'll get the fractions wrong? Or no? No, no I'm no. I'm pretty good now. Okay, I've, okay, I've good, had enough. Okay, no, because uh, we have had stuff framed by <laughs> by your shop, and it's uh, yeah. it's excellent. I mean, truly excellent. We try. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> I would hope so. Well, and so framing, you know, and that that's part of your business. But then you mm -hmm. also have like the shop part. I guess the framing is also considered a shop. But you have. Well, can you tell me about what that is, kind of what the, the stuff you kind of carry in there is? So we carry a variety of home, personal uh, accessories, gifts, candles, soaps, jewelry. Um, the majority is handmade, as much local as possible. And uh, we're just trying to provide a little bit of something for everybody uh -huh. and something in sort of everyone's budget. Right. So, so is, is it more of a shop that caters to like, cause your shop is located in Ojai mm -hmm. and it, you know, it's, Ojai is kind of a tourist town and it's also sure. just kind of a regular town. So are you catering more to the tourist crowd? Are you Both. locals too? Yeah. We, we, we didn't want to be just for tourists. You know, uh, we want everyone to come in and find something. And that's why the framing comes into play also because it's a, a town full of artists. And mm -hmm. so we, we offer wholesale for artists and we really wanted to just kind of get immersed in the community and be able to help everyone. And so whether it's somebody who's visiting or just somebody who needs uh, a birthday gift, you know, mm -hmm. um, apart from the framing, we want everyone to be able to come right. in and find something. Do you have a breakdown of like, you know, what's your gut on like how, what percentage is, 
uh, of your sales or, or, or maybe the people in the door, right? Cause I guess if you're mm-hmm. local and you're doing a lot of framing that those are higher ticket items. Than, you know, yeah. That's, that's majority local, although mm-hmm. there have been quite a few times that people come to visit and they say, Oh my gosh, I have this print and I'd love to have it framed and I don't have anywhere and everything looks great here. So um, sometimes people send us stuff right. and we deliver it to them. Oh, nice. Even in LA. Oh, all right. Wow. Well, that's (laughs) uh, So any LA listeners can get stuff delivered. Absolutely. But the the breakdown of local to tourists, I mean, uh, during the week, it's majority local and then weekends, it's mostly visitors. Okay. All right. Well then, so you have a bunch of stuff in your shop then, right? So you have inventory. (laughs) Yeah. And I I know this is probably obvious, but you have to buy all that stuff, right? Yes. Oh my God. That, that well, feels, not all of it. Yeah. But, but that feels so risky. Like, it is. Like you yes. really have to believe in your own taste. Yes. And sometimes uh, you get stuff and it doesn't sell. What is that? What, what can you tell me kind of <laughs> what, what's the, like the one product? Oh, it has a very sell? specific uh, field. It has a specific market. And sometimes we've tried things and people just, um, it's just not their, style or it's out of their price point. And so mm-hmm. when we first opened, we tried some leather handbags and they uh-huh. sat there for like a year until I took one home <laughs> and <laughs> discounted the other ones. And so for stuff that I deem sort of risky, we often do consignment and just mm-hmm. take a small sampling um, and see if it sells. And if it does well, then we place an order, but it's hard. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I see stuff and I think that's going to do great. And it just doesn't. But now it's been enough years that we know uh, what people are looking for and um, haven't had too many big uh, misses oh, that's since good. the beginning. Well, no, yeah. well, congratulations. Because I feel like that's a feat. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like to be open five years with a shop like yours is, is quite a feat because yes, it, especially it, I feel in like, <laughs> yeah, the margin for error is, is yep. pretty small. Yep. Right. And I think, and to me, it's always what has always seemed really great about your business is you have the frame shop too. So you have that kind of, that kind of more steady stream of income. Yes. And we would have never done it without. Yeah. We, we, uh, our entire income, it's the shop. We don't have other jobs. We, and a lot of the stores. And you you run the the shop with your husband. Yes. My husband, Mike. And, and so a lot of other places, uh, not just in Ojai, but otherwise in LA and other cities, uh, there might be one partner who runs a, shop and then the other has a another job right. that can carry them and we don't have that so um everything is invested in the shop and it's it's success yeah no I, it, it's it's i feel like it's been a it's been a really good run and you have a great you know reputation that's kind of hinted work at, at really hard yeah i know i get that <laughs> so like like so what do you when you say you work hard, what does that mean? What do you, what do you do? Um, it means that we do everything. Right. So, so what, like, we don't have an accountant. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. We don't yeah. have a, I mean, we have a gardener. We did that. Okay. Um, okay, <laughs> um and we, we had a, uh, we have a window washer sometimes. Okay. Um, but we, we paint the building. We'll do the repairs. We do the accounting. Um, we do everything. Um, right. and, and so are you both we don't have employees. Are you both kind of splitting the duties? Like, are you, are you both kind of procuring mm. inventory or is there someone who, uh, in the beginning, it was mostly me, and um, now it's kind of split between both of us. But um, I'd say I do still the majority of it, and I like to do the merchandising. That's what I've done for most of my life, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's not what by, I thought I wanted to get, what, do what, as a career. What do you, what do you but, mean by merchandising? <laughs> so um, where everything gets placed and the um, setup of the shop of the merchandise to sell. Okay. 
So that's not necessarily choosing the inventory. It's just choosing where the no. So the, the choosing in the, the inventory is one thing. How it gets put in the shop, moving mm-hmm. it around so everything stays fresh. That's all. Yeah. And how often do you have to change that up? Um, I try to do it every couple of weeks, every month. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. If the same people are coming in, you know, let's say once a month, you want it to look different. Right. Right. Especially if right. something's been sitting and not selling, you move it to a different spot and it sells. Uh huh. Do you have yep. like spots that are the best? Because I, I yep. there was a, there was a book I, I can't remember. I read it a long time ago about you know how you lay out a supermarket and you know and which I find kind of fascinating. So mm-hmm. like for you, where is the spot that that you're going to put the thing? That's yeah, I mean, like our main table is the um and and sort of the front part of it is mm-hmm. kind of the key spot. But then we also are a building an old gas station entirely of windows surrounded. Right. So there's certain times a day that we get direct light and we have candles. So we can't have candles on certain parts right. of the table. They can only be on one end or the other end. So it's just, it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you, and when Ojai is like 118 degrees in right. the summer, that's, that's fun for candles right. too. Oh, do your candles melt? They sweat. They sweat. Right. I've okay. seen this. I've seen, They're soy. I've seen know. sweaty candles. Yeah. We yeah. put little signs for people not to pick them up, but the wax is kind of pulled at the top. They still pick them up. All right. Yeah. Well, so where are you getting your inventory? I mean, are you just like kind of meeting people or, or are there suppliers for like the, the stuff that you do? And No, you we, um, in the retail places I worked before we opened the shop, mm-hmm. um, was more generic, I would say, where I'd go to a trade show. Uh, and right. I really did, we didn't want that for the shop. We wanted to support the local community as much as possible. And we wanted to support handmade. And it's a little bit harder because uh, when we first opened, uh, the majority of our items were vintage. And a lot of it just came from our personal collection. Mm-hmm. So we've sort of cut down on vintage as we've gone along and tried to amp up the handmade. So when we first started, I was on Etsy looking for people, um, trying to meet people in town. It's different now that Ojai has grown so much. There's a lot of other businesses. So the people in Ojai are often in other shops and we don't want to carry anything that's somewhere else because we want people to have an experience if they're visiting. We want them to be able to come to our store and go to all the other stores and find something different Mm -hmm. because there's really nothing worse to me than going to a town and trying to go visit the, let's say, five shops in Ojai that are gift right. shops and finding the exact same thing at every shop. That's right. frustrating. Right. I had that happen in Portland. I felt like I went to all these different shops in different neighborhoods and it was a lot of the same stuff. Oh. So, yeah. you're, so you're saying definitively Ojai is better than Portland? Mm, weather-wise, okay. yeah. <laughs> but uh, probably not in some other ways. But uh, it got easier as the years went on because then people found out about us. They approach mm-hmm. us. They visit the shop and they make something. Uh, so we get connected or somebody we know knows somebody. So it was it was tougher in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I had connections from working um, mm-hmm. at the store I did in but Santa Monica. When so. you guys moved to Ojai, you, had, you, you didn't know anyone, right? You just kind of moved from LA and, and didn't really have a network. Right. Right. So yep. you really started from scratch. I mean, your yep. story is amazing. I, um, so, and I want to actually ask you about the vintage stuff mm-hmm. that you have. So you're still selling vintage stuff too. Yes. So where, how would you find that? Are you like picking flea markets or? Yes. You know, flea markets, supplies? thrift shops, uh, don't have time for estate sales. I wish I did. Uh, and that is the majority of it. And so, but that's what kind of what you would do as a hobby before yep. you had the shop. Yep. Mike would say that I was a hoarder. 
I a hoarder. Not a hoarder. I was okay. a collector. A collector. Very specific things. Okay. And well, you have to be willing to get rid of them. So a hoarder doesn't get rid of things. They okay. they hoard them. All right. You so, sound you sound a little defensive about hoarding. No. no yeah. I'm good. I'm just. I'm. You know, yeah. yeah. Um. It was hard letting go of some things, but then you need money to yeah, pay bills sure, and stuff, sure, so sure. you you let go. So, but you were, but and when I mean, I guess you're picking. So you're finding things for five dollars that then are worth fifty or worth sometimes, worth, or worth yeah, fifteen even, or even know? ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you uh, the average markup in most stores on an item is usually double. Right. So some items you might get more for. You might find a chair for five dollars, mm-hmm. but it's retail price, and, and other places might be fifty. So. Right. So, but a lot of stuff requires work. It requires painting. It requires touching it up. A lot of things you get from the flea market are in pretty bad shape. Right. So I feel like there's like, you know, I've been to flea markets and stuff. I mean, and and I feel like there's a real like kind of an art and a skill mm-hmm. to picking at flea markets. So, how, sure. so how did you cultivate that? Uh, um, having most of my life being obsessed with vintage items. and Really? Even when you were a kid? Of, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just have always loved old stuff. It's just made better. It's lasted longer. I mm-hmm. was obsessed with the 50s when I was a kid. I dressed like that. I, I learned swing dancing. I was just obsessed. And then um, as I got older, you know, I, I was a Girl Scout also. That's okay. part of the summer camp thing is uh, we love mid-century camping items. And so right. that was the majority that's of our stuff specific. when we started. That's it pretty, is. Yeah. That's why it's called. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's, but I, I think that's a great angle to have that because uh, I don't know of any other stores that have that. And that's angle. what we were shooting for is something different, something right. that's not like every other store. Mm-hmm. Especially coming from LA, a lot of people who visit have been to these great retail shops in LA and some carry certain things that are the same, mm-hmm. but they all have a little bit of a different vibe, I guess would be the word, even though I hate using that word, uh, aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted to be able to do something that we loved and that was different. Mm -hmm. And so it's been hard to stick to that because as the years have gone on, uh, vintage has become more expensive. It's become more sought after. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a flea market and you find something that used to be $5 and now it's a hundred dollars, we just can't do that. Right. right. Yeah. We wouldn't there's make no, any money. Right. Right. It's right. not worth it. Right. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, and we all have limited time. And so yes. it's, it's time intensive to go pick flea markets. I right. Imagine. But then there are people who can't do that, who are right. willing to come into the store and pay right. yeah, exactly. $50 or something when I, you know, got it for less, but that's because they're not spending the time getting it or fixing it up. Right. Um, uh, my question just escaped my mind. Because I was so captivating. Oh, no, I, I know what it is, is that, um, so kind of does everything you own, would you be willing to part with? Would you be willing to sell? I mean, I know like in summer camp, there's this big canoe in there. Yes. And, uh, we won't sell the canoe. Okay. So the, Mike's grandpa uh, built that canoe in the 60s. Oh. And his grandma had it in their garage in the rafters for 30 years. So right. we didn't know it existed. And then we opened the shop and she says, hey, would you guys love the canoe? We're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh yeah. There's just this giant handmade wood canoe that'd be perfect in the shop. So we shoved it in a cargo van, drove it from Orange County and threw it up in the rafters ourselves. Well, that was fun. It makes a statement. It does. And we would never sell it. Yes. The centerpiece Mm -hmm. of the shop. Right. Right. But uh, to your question, the majority of the things in my house, I would sell if I had to, uh, except for items that are family heirlooms Mm -hmm. and have um, the majority of our furniture 
are things that we've taken from family, you know, mid-century tables right, and things right, and right, um, right. refinish them. So those are special. All right. Well, this is great. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk more about summer camp and tail life. Okay, guys, we are still a brand new podcast. We really probably need followers. I don't know because I haven't actually posted these yet. So I don't know. As of now, we have zero. So we need more, we need more subscriptions. I thought I was so, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, on Instagram, <laughs> but I mean, so what I want to say first is we need to, um, you know, follow us or uh, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review on iTunes. If you actually like it, if you don't like the program, don't review it, please, or rate it. <laughs> um, and on, on social media, we're working at pod W O R K I N P O D across all the platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm Reed Fish. And on Instagram, I'm at Real Reed Fish. And Rachel, where can we follow you or your shop? Uh, on Instagram, Shop Summer Camp. I'm sure you can figure out how to spell that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spell uh, it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can go to our webpage, shopsummercamp.com. Because we can actually buy stuff on your webpage. You right? can. Yeah. We don't so, tweet or anything. So you don't tweet. That's okay. No. Yeah. But you have a nice website. I think you can really get a sense of the shop okay. on there. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> we're working. Do, do you need we're working on it. We're working it. You're working it. We're working it. It's going to get better. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, and there's a little bit of e-commerce on there. So if you yep. do want some really nice, oh, hi stuff, that's where you're going to go. All right. Thanks. We're going to get back to the interview. So we're back talking with Rachel Graves from Summer Camp. Hello. Gift, gift shop. Gift yep. shop. Yeah, shop. So, you know, Rachel, one of the things in, you know, for people who listen to this, you know, if they're not in Ojai, it's going to be tough for them to go to the shop. But one of the ways, of course, that we can see your shop is on social media. And I'm, I'm an admirer of your social media feeds. <laughs> I, well, and I feel, well, it's, it's impressive. Your little shop has like what, over 36,000 at last count Instagram followers. Yep. How did that come about? And, and is that kind of essential to what it is you guys are doing? It, it definitely was in the beginning. Uh -huh. uh, it was a lot of hard work, but um, Instagram was something totally different five years ago. And you could go on and you could be active and you could um, get involved and it showed results. People would find your page and people would come to the shop. And every weekend somebody was coming in and saying, I found you on Instagram. And that's, I we really owe almost pretty much everything we are now to that bit of Instagram in the beginning. But it was a, a ton of work. It was like living on Instagram with being involved and finding other people's photos to like and responding to comments and being really proactive mm -hmm. uh, to the point where you hate it because you right. do not want to look at anybody's pictures anymore. And you're just kind of like, my hand hurts. I'm going to get carpal tunnel. From, um, from liking. Yes. And commenting and, and, you know, if you, if you search, oh, hi, and you see who's in oh, hi at the moment and start liking their photos, then they'll see your account and say, oh, hey, what is oh, this shop? Right. And cause you want them to come in. That's the goal. Now Instagram has changed the algorithm. They've changed tons of things and it's, it's upsetting people who have made their living off Instagram influencers, which mm -hmm. is a where word you, I'm not you, fond of, but, but um, you, would you consider yourself an influencer? No, no. Cause we're, we're just a shop. We just, you know, we're a shop that used Instagram to have people find us because Ojai is a small town and we want to be able to also reach people who don't live here. So, um, you know, we have stuff on our website and we mm -hmm. ship and we didn't just want to be 
you know, exclusive to Ojai if somebody wanted something from Ojai and mm-hmm. wanted us to ship it to them. But Instagram was instrumental in helping us well, reach people. Okay. So, but it's changed. Now, Not as I, much now. Though. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are, are still trying to grow their business through Instagram. And I think about too, for it now. and I think about too, you know, we're just starting this podcast and like, yep. well, how are we going to promote it? Well, we have sponsored posts, sponsored posts on your Instagram. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so do you guys do sponsored posts? Occasionally, but do you see, I mean, we really see pr- results from it. Uh, sort of, but I, I mean, our business was built on word of mouth and mm-hmm. whether word of mouth is through Instagram of somebody taking a picture and then their friends seeing it. That's really what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I had worked before was built on your reputation. And so okay. if you, especially with framing, so framing is like someone comes in, you do great work for them. Someone goes into their house and sees it and says, that's amazing. Who did that for you? That's what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't want to pay for advertising that seemed fake, right? you know, and you can see people doing sponsored ads and influencers saying, mm-hmm. buy this product and this and that. And a lot of it just doesn't seem genuine. And we wanted a genuine response to what we were and what we were trying to create for people to come in and say, I've been following this shop or I wanted mm-hmm. to come up here and this is, and you want it to be, just as amazing when they come in and not right. look better right. in photos. Right. You want right. the experience to be just as great when they yeah, come in. Yeah, you don't want any disappointment. Exactly. So, but, so uh, is it still useful for you? I mean, I know you're still updating your account yeah. and, you know, you're, we, you're we active. We do our best, but, right. you know, we have kids now. <laughs> you <laughs> you go on sense. Instagram and then they, they grab your phone. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> but the kids aren't in the shop with you a lot, all the time, are they? No, I'm both the babies who are with me for right. the first couple months wearing them until yeah. they started wanting to run away. And Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so they're part of the family, all right. <laughs> shop family. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So tell me more a little bit about how you built the, I mean, h- how you built this. So you had no money. You couldn't do advertising. Right. Right. I mean, and it, did that play into like with the vintage stuff too? Is like, it came out of your collection, right? Yep. So, yep. So when we opened the shop, we had just gotten married and we had no money. We spent everything on the wedding and uh, we were given some gifts um, to help with our honeymoon, some monetary gifts. Mm-hmm. And we took that all and didn't take a honeymoon and um, took a risk and opened the shop and just put in what we had and what people uh, could give us on consignment, purchased very small amount of um, items and hoped for the best and right. worked our butts off. Right. And, and then just, yeah, we're on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we didn't pay for advertising. I mean, we, we couldn't. Right. So we just right. did whatever we could and put flyers where we could and just, you know, went to other businesses and, and offered to do framing at wholesale pricing and just connected with the community. So, mm-hmm. right. So I, I guess part of too, what I think of when I think of, you know, shops in general and in your shop in particular, I guess is like any kind of retail establishment is kind of a fixture in the community. I mean, it's just by nature, <laughs> you, you know, your shop, it you just sits there. You can't miss a yeah. giant white mid-century gas station. No, you so. can't. Although, I mean, you can if you're can driving you? fast enough, but the police like to sit right. out there in our parking lot, uh, um, which is not our favorite, but. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But do you feel like a, um, you know, a responsibility, not a responsibility to the community, but does that, I mean, do you think about your role in the community? Definitely. Uh, I mean, we didn't come to live here to not be immersed in the town. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think including how we met, uh, we really just jumped right into it and tried to make as many connections as possible. And we really want to 
service as many other businesses, help as many people in town as we can. Like I said, I want nine out of 10 people who come in to buy something. Oh, okay. Right. I want people to come in. It's a calming, friendly mm-hmm. place. I might talk with you for a while, but I yeah. want, you know. Well, here's here's the thing. And because, and I know you and my wife, Liz, are, are pretty close friends. And what Liz says about you actually is that she's like, I feel like Rachel actually tries to talk me out of buying things. <laughs> like I go into the shop. That's because I just offer to make things for her. <laughs> But, you know, but I feel like though, and, and I kind of admire you for that, like in that, cause I feel like you would do that to other people too, where you would be like, if you really thought that they didn't need that, definitely, that you would not try to sell it to them. Right. Because I, I'm kind of a frugal person. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it goes with, uh, thrifting flea markets, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So if, if it's something, especially with framing, if, if it's not something that's going to fit your needs, I'm not going to push it on you because right. I've worked enough retail jobs in my life horrible ones where you had to push things on people that they had no interest in. And it's horrible. It's miserable. And so I just want to help people find something that they're looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, something that fits. And I don't want anyone to feel pressured to buy anything or frame something if it's not right for them. Right. Well, and so you were, so you were miserable working retail before clothing, retail, clothing, retail, but now, but, but, so, but this type of retail that you're doing now, you I seem enjoy. to you seem to be able to get satisfaction out of. Yes, I mean, I, as much as working a job can bring, <laughs> right? Uh, sure. Yeah, um, definitely. It it wasn't good working for other people who mm-hmm. had, let's say, bad management styles. And the sure. clothing retail world is just a whole different beast. And uh-huh. I think working for yourself just creates a lot of peace that the other side of retail um, doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we love what we do. And I think that's shows and the stuff that we carry. We right. carry stuff that, that we like, that we put in our house, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's nice to support other people who are doing the same thing. They're creating beautiful things to support their families. And Right. Uh, right. I, I would say that the things that you have in your shop, the things that you're trying to sell, it, it seems very intentional, right? D- like every single item that is in there is in there for a yes. very specific reason. Yes. And it's not just to sell it. Yes. And, and, and I'm wondering <clears throat> if, you know, I guess maybe those things reflect your personality, reflect the lifestyle that you and Mike live. And, and I mean, in a way, are you kind of selling a piece of that lifestyle? I mean, are you like a lifestyle merchant? I mean, I don't know. Is that, that's a phrase maybe that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, we but. could say, you could say lifestyle goods, uh-huh. but it's essentially looking at kind of where the trends are, which is, yeah, sounds so cheesy yeah, to well, say. No, but it's but okay. it's, I mean, we love interior design. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of knowing what people want to put in their homes mm-hmm. right now, what, what they want right. to wear. I mean, we don't but, do a lot of, clothing. We just use mm-hmm. some vintage and jewelry, but it's, you know, it's things that are going to enhance your lifestyle, I guess. Right. But I feel like, but, I, but are you a, a year ahead of the curve? Like, I mean, are you personally like, you know, and so. another thing that, no. that my wife, cause we like classic, you know, right. We like that always in style. Yes. Right. Yes. Vintage mid-century classic. If yeah. we love it, there's mm-hmm. other people who love it. It might not mm-hmm. be right for everybody. So mm-hmm. that's why I said like everything in the store isn't going to be right for everyone. But right. something might be right for them. Right. And and I think- Like and candles I, every, but well, yeah, right. Like yeah, 90, there's like that one person who's yeah, like, I'm like sensitive to scents. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have nothing for you. 
<laughs> There's a stationery right. store somewhere right, for you. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like in a way you, your shop is emblematic of your lifestyle in a way. I mean, one of the things my wife also says about you is that she's like Rachel uh, more than anyone she's ever known has an ability to kind of buy something that no one else would even think of <laughs> for very little money and, and have it just be like the coolest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and in a way, and I don't know if it was never cool until you touched it, but then you brought it, you bring it into your shop or you bring it into your home. And it's just like, it's just super cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks Liz. Oh, yeah. um, no, I don't think uh, that I'm that cool or we're that cool. I think we just like what we like and we try to stick to it. Uh-huh. And well, like a purity of vision. I mean, I think that's, yeah. you know, in, in, in kind of anything, I think the more that you can put your personality into it and the more yeah. that you can, you know, have like a clarity of vision. I mean, then that is something that people can respond to. Hopefully. Right. We like right. plants, you know, yeah. not, oh, I like not plants everybody too. likes plants, I mean, like but some, them. yeah. Well, and nice. we have a lot of plants. They're not all for sale. People ask all the time. Right. But, right. Okay. Um, the canoe and the plants are always the plants, for sale. Yeah, yeah. Some of the plants, but not, not the ones that, you know, are pretty amazing. They've been growing all five years in there right, and, right, and people right. try to buy them every week. But, uh, but right. yeah, we put what we love and we want it to be a calming space. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you bring the plants in, it makes you feel a little bit like you're outdoors, mm-hmm. um, which in the beginning went along with the summer camp thing. In In the last five years, plants have just exploded as far as, right. you know, oh, totally. Instagram, yeah. Pinterest. It's, we oh, we yeah. live a Suc- different- Succulents are just insane. Right. We live yeah. a different life even than, you know, uh, everyone did. 10 years ago, oh, 20 years completely. ago. Right. Well, because right. it has to be Instagram worthy or right. whatever. And I mean, and I don't know, and I wonder if that's a generational thing and that kind of gets at something that I want to want to ask you about. Cause I feel like I'm kind of oldish. Old. Yeah, no, I I'm older. Um, you know, Slightly, I'm a gen yeah. X. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, your shop actually has kind of a millennial vibe yeah, and, or an aesthetic. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things that we always hear about millennials is, and I think actually, from my perspective, it's starting to be more true of even my generation, um, is that there's this trend of wanting less stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a, as, a re, as a person whose livelihood depends on selling people stuff, yep. what do you think about that? Is that true? Is that? Yeah, yes and no. You know, it's, I think it's, uh, again, uh, an aesthetic to be a minimalist Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's necessarily true to everyone. So I think a lot of what you see on Instagram, et cetera, is like one corner of a house that has one plant and, you know, one credenza with a picture. Like, yes. And and then the rest of the house, you have no idea. And so obviously we sell stuff. People like stuff, right. but I think again, like you said, it's it's intentional, it's purposeful. I think that whether you're millennial, whether you're Gen Y, Gen X, it, it it's really just about getting things that are well made, that are going to last, and whether that's vintage or or handmade, and that are purposeful, mm-hmm. and you're not just buying a bunch of crap, you know, right. just because. Right. So it's quality over right. quantity. Exactly. And so I wouldn't say that people are necessarily minimalist. Maybe they want to be. Right. Or we're uh, aspiring to. I mean, well, there's the whole Marie Kondo. Kondo, thing, right, right, exactly. Right, right. I mean, and, and and maybe maybe that's good for you. In <laughs> that's, that. I, that's such a funny thing because I tried to do that and then my kids started, fold, wanted to fold and then you right. put everything in the drawer and then as soon as they go to right. get something, they just destroy right. the entire drawer. But they so say, it's kind the, of pointless. Your kids are like, mama, this sparks joy in me. 
It doesn't spark joy for me watching you fold those clothes and then destroy them like five minutes later. But whatever, whatever makes people happy. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's a moment in time, I think, that um, craze is going to pass. But that's, you know, the story is about things that, are going to last things that have right. been around for a long time. Well, things the, are going to last for a long time. The things in your store should spark joy, right? I mean, that's I the whole idea. So. Right? Yeah, right? I would hope I mean, so. I mean, and, and I really feel that truly you believe that in that that's what you yes. want people to do. Like, like you said, well, you're not trying to sell people things they don't need. Right. If this sparks joy with you and you can afford it. Yes. Yeah, it's here for you to well, buy. And the affordability thing, Ohio is an expensive town. Mm-hmm. It can be expensive to visit. And we wanted to make, the shop accessible to everyone. You know, we don't make a ton of money. I did not have a lot of money in my past life. And, Uh um, you know, I'm very fortunate now and blessed, but you know, I go places and sometimes stuff like how, who, who buys this, you know, who buys this crazy, insane um, thing. That's like $500. It's not me. So if we have something for $20, maybe most people can afford that. And that's what I want. I want that experience where you can leave with something and we might not be making $500 off every person. That's rarely happens, but like all those other people leave happy and with something and they take a little bit of the shop home with them. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to end it. Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Working it is a production of Atelier Fish. Music in this episode was provided by Isaac Joel. We'll be back next Monday to start your work week right with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening.